Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Monday, it's a new episode of All Rise, the legal drama where one judge is shaking up the system. When I take the bench, I'm taking a vow to fight for justice. One case at a time. Your Honor, we're going to trial. Simone Misick is Judge Lola Carmichael. Up on that bench. Everything is different. A new episode of All Rise. Freedom is at stake. It's important. Followed by a new episode of Bull, Monday at 9, 8 central on CBS. Hackers are after your business data. I can help. I am Vi, the virtual intelligence assistant at Virtual Armor. Virtual Armor, partnered with Juniper Networks, provides cybersecurity services and end-to-end solutions to keep what's yours, yours. Defend yourself with managed firewall and managed SIM essential core services that are economical and efficient. Virtual Armor goes beyond just initial alerting to provide a thorough report on threats, vulnerabilities, and results. Let me help protect you. Contact me at JustAskVi. That's V-I dot com. And here we go. My opponent is against oil, guns, and God. I am the Democratic Party right now. 47 years, you've done nothing. Everything Americans value hangs in the balance. We have an obligation under the Constitution to use every arrow in our quiver. This is the most important election in the history of our country. I believe that. This is Devious Motives with Brett Winterbull. And welcome. It is the 26th installment in 26 days of the uh, Devious Motives podcast. It's good to be here with you. Coming up later in this uh, program, you are going to hear from Gordon Chang on China and what they've got planned for us and for you. And uh, Laura Trump stops by at the uh, uh, after after a break in the at the midpoint, uh, plus or minus. And we're going to uh, catch up with her as she is touring around the state of North Carolina. But uh, I want to start with the uh, Tony uh, Babalewski. I keep calling him Babalewski. It's Babalinski. Uh, story that that moved overnight. You know, we were doing our uh, Talktober uh, f- uh, fest, uh, uh, talk fest uh, there on WBT last night, and it was an incredible turnout. We had a lot of people. Uh, you know, a bunch of people were watching this from all over the place, and at the same time, they were also consuming the uh, interview with Tucker Carlson and Tony Bobolinsky, who uh, came forward and essentially said, "Listen, I, I don't." I don't care what what you guys think about me. Uh, you, you think I'm, I'm Russian disinformation. I'm not. The emails I have turned over that I have made public, that I have shared with people, those emails are, are, are emails that were sent to me from others. They're not emails that I created or crafted. He, uh, he alluded at one point during the interview with Tucker Carlson to the fact that he's had to hire uh, former SEAL team members as family security because he's not safe. He's uh, he's getting threats from the lunatic left who who don't want to see anything like this happening. We're an incredibly strange space, and so much of this is an overlapping political narrative that just stacks on top of the different issues. Let me give you a good example. While you had uh, Tony Bobolinsky talking about the corruption of the Biden campaign, uh, and specifically Hunter Biden and Joe Biden, which is being written off, it's, it's, it's been dismissed. I've talked to so many people who say, 
you know, it would matter if this was in June, but this doesn't matter because it's in October, and it's an October surprise, and, um, you know, it's just, it's not a story we care about. Oh, okay, you don't have to care about it, but when you listen to my conversation with Gordon Chang, I think you'll care about it. When you find out that the Chinese have directed an influence program against the United States and our politicians, uh, when you hear him talk about how it is that the, the Chinese government has helped to foment riots in American cities, he'll talk about that as well, and the real threat that we face from China. But if you believe... That Hunter Biden is, you know, just he's irrelevant. He's a zero. He's just not worthy of consideration, discussion or, or any of that sort of stuff. Well, that's fine. It's your prerogative as a voter. Uh, but, you know, while Bobolinsky was talking with Tucker Carlson last night, you, you had a, a situation uh, unfolding in uh, Philly, a second violent night of, of looting and robbing and theft taking place. What's interesting is I still cannot get an answer as to whether or not the Biden-Harris ticket are bailing these looters out of jail because they did that early on. Remember, uh, Kamala Harris was bailing uh, rioters and looters and assaulters out of jail because of justice. And so um, I, I don't know if that's what happened or not last night, but I do know uh, the head count at some point, and I don't know how they came up with the number, but the head count last night in Philly was a thousand looters taking to the streets, stealing stuff from people who didn't kill anybody. And that's the thing you got to remember these, these stores, these businesses, none of those people uh, shot a guy with a knife. None of those people had anything to do with the insane insurgency on the American streets being driven by the Antifada. Um, we, they had nothing to do with that, but, but it was interesting because I went and I did a count and it turns out the 1000 people on the streets of Philadelphia burning and beating and looting last night represents the single largest turnout for a Biden Harris rally in the last couple of months. Pretty incredible. They weren't wearing masks except for the masks to, to cover their faces as they con continued to uh, commit acts of theft and destruction. One guy uh, in a live shot on Fox was clearly uh, wheeling on a dolly a washing machine that, that he had stolen from a business because I'm sure that business and that washing machine had something to do with uh, police shooting somebody. Then the violence spread to Brooklyn in New York where more robbery and mayhem took place. And all of this is, I mean, it's it's interesting, right? Because essentially, if you if you drill down through the squad, if you drill down through Elizabeth Warren... What you basically have playing out on the street with the looters and the rioters is redistribution of wealth. It's the fulfillment of the promise of AOC, Ilhan Omar, Rashida Tlaib, Ayanna Presley, Adam Schiff, and the squad. The, the squad plus one big, white, goofy guy and Adam Schiff. I'm putting him in the squad from now on. I have that right to do that as a, as a show host, and I'm doing it. But what you're watching take place in the cities, and I, I wish somebody would would say this to the president or the vice president, you're watching wealth redistribution. This is what wealth redistribution reduced to its most basic form looks like. People coming in your house, taking your stuff. And that's the promise. Look, that is the promise. We had people on the streets of Chicago because I played the clips. Believe me, I remember them well. Uh, saying that that robbing a Macy's or a Gucci or a Foot Locker or whatever, um, all that violence taking place, that, that that was reparations, actually. So following the model, this is redistribution of wealth. What's what's different and what's interesting about what Gordon Chang talks about, by the way, is the fact that if Donald Trump wins reelection or if Joe Biden wins election, either way, you're still going to have this sort of looting taking place on the streets. You're going to have one person who takes it on. This is my my conclusion, not Gordon's. 
You're going to have one person who's taking on criminal looting, and you're going to have one person who's going to appease the criminal looters by giving into their demands wealth redistribution. See, you have a house. They want your house. They're going to come and take your house. If you resist, they're going to beat you and harm you. If you continue to resist, they're going to burn your house down. And that's wealth redistribution writ large. It's really what it comes down to. This isn't about a guy that got, that got shot on the streets of Philly because he was threatening to stab a cop. It, this is not about George Floyd. This is about stealing big screen television sets. Watched it last night. Watched people pull up with minivans and load uh, 50 pound bags of dog food into the minivans. For, for whom? For what purpose? And these people were all driving late model, nice BMWs and, 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 and Nissans and Chryslers. Uh, these were not people with rags on their feet, like Washington's troops at Valley Forge suffering in the, fro in the frozen winter of New Jersey and Pennsylvania. Th this was thieves. These were thieves. This was a, a den of thieves, a thousand strong, redistributing wealth to themselves. And so if you if you have any doubt in your mind, if you have any belief in your mind that this ends on Election Day or a week after Election Day or a month after Election Day, you are absolutely wrong. You're absolutely wrong because we we, ladies and gentlemen, have lost our will to defend civil institutions and civil society. The answer from the 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 mob at the university and on the street corner is the same. Destroy nihilism, tear it down, burn it down, let it go, take what you want, leave the rotting carcass behind, whether that is of a person, of a building, or of a city writ large. There is no more civic pride. There is only, there is only selfish pride. The pride that is that is attached to your own personal and selfish desires there is no more community pride civic pride national pride state pride now it's identity pride it's not about those of us in the fabric of our country pulling together to overcome a hurricane a pandemic a division what have you it is what box do I check? How many boxes do I check? The number of boxes divided by me, the individual, represents the magic number of virtue. And so why do we still have rioting going on in cities? We, we have rioting because it's about, it's about the edification of every want, desire, and need. From public defecation to theft on the streets. Anything goes when everything's acceptable. And that's what you have to remember. Once upon a time, there were presidents and statesmen and leaders who would try to get you to appeal to your better angels and achievements. Those days are gone. Now it is just the rutting desire to consume and to take and to excrete where one pleases. It's not right. And it's being aided by our greatest adversary in the world. It's being aided by the People's Republic of China. And that country controls one politician in this race.
very happy to welcome back to the program, very good friend uh, of the show, and I always enjoy my chance to speak with him about the big stories that are out there moving. Gordon G. Chang on Twitter. Uh, Gordon Chang joins us. You know him from his terrific work, including the coming collapse of China. Well, Gordon, no shortage of uh, China news in, in, in the news out there. It depends on which news outlet you're looking at, I guess. But um, g- given the recent revelations, the discussion happening uh, involving uh, Joe Biden, Hunter Biden, Tony Bobulinski, that sort of stuff, I wanted to get you to kind of give some context to folks about how it is that China seeks to invest in countries, work with politicians, and exert the influence they're trying to do uh, around the world. Uh, your thoughts on how this is playing out, and what is this, uh, this roadmap that China tends to use? China seeks influence at all levels of society. So it goes after politicians, it goes after institutions, organizations, governments. It just tries to influence everybody. And so what is surprising here is not so much that they've gone after someone like Biden, but that someone like Biden would not understand what they were trying to do, because obviously they have gotten to his family and apparently they've got a a number of things which could influence a President Biden. So we've got to be extremely concerned what influence Beijing would have over a Biden administration. One of the issues that came out uh, in the last couple of weeks is this notion of the China, uh, I think they call it the, they called it the China Entrepreneurial Club uh, that was popular back in the early 2010s. Jack Ma was a member of this, and uh, they, they would go around and try to, try to work with investment. How, how much of that is, is, is legit investment, and how much of it is, is just taking Chinese money and influence and spreading it around? In other words, are, are there legitimate business concerns operating in China that can go in, that entrepreneurs that can go into other countries and try to work with uh, other nations? Or is, it, is everything going back to the party at the end of the day? Well, there are a number of business opportunities in China, of course. Um, but what we see with something like the China Entrepreneur Club really is an influence operation especially because the members of that who visited uh, then-Vice President Biden were Communist Party officials, um, senior Chinese government officials, and, of course, entrepreneurs with ties to the regime. And you have focused in on the one critical aspect, and that is um, an event that occurred during the time when uh, Biden was sitting in an official capacity, indeed, um, next to the President of the United States, Um, So therefore, this could very well be an issue of corruption, depending upon the money flows, especially because Hunter Biden apparently arranged that meeting in November 2011. And we know that uh, Hunter Biden received substantial amounts of cash from China. So um, this is, I think, a critical event for um, Vice President Biden, because he's going to have to explain this. When, when you look at uh, controversies in the past from the Obama-Biden administration, we think about Uranium One, we think about CFIUS's involvement, and that's the, that's the, uh, the, the, the governing uh, council that green lights these sorts of uh, deals. Um, is there a concern that much of this will just be refired up again in a second Biden administration where, where you will have people come calling who, who have been dormant for four years? Yes. Well, you know, this is a problem for um, uh, Biden because there were a number of decisions made during uh, the Obama administration that are indeed difficult to explain um, from a a normal national security or even a business point of view. 
Um, and so um, we're probably going to see another series of those types of events. My real concern here is the Hunter Biden because of his um, very um, almost um, dangerous behavior. And that gives Beijing a lot of influence over um, the Biden family because we don't know what material they have. And they can hang that over the head of a President Biden uh, to influence his decisions on matters that critically affect American national security. How active how active is China in trying to recruit American politicians, influencers, uh, thinkers, business people. Uh, is this an ongoing uh, problem? We know that it's occurred in the academy at, at universities where we've seen things uh, uh, play out. But but is, is there an active measures uh, campaign at, at all times, at all levels in the United States by the PRC? Simple answer, yes. And no country has a more extensive operation to influence the United States than China. So that's why this is a critical matter, um, because what we have is the possibility that China may actually own the next president of the United States. Never has a foreign country been so successful in influencing um, the leader of the U.S. So that is what's at stake here. And, you know, a lot of people say, oh, you know, we can't get rid of Biden because that means we get uh, uh, President Harris, who's mm -hmm. probably worse on policies. I don't think that way. I think that regardless of what one thinks of uh, a President Harris, we cannot allow China to install the next president of the United States because there's got to be an issue of deterrence here. We've got to make sure that China understands that, yeah, it may be able to put somebody in the Oval Office, but the American people will take that person out quickly. That's what we need to do. Gordon Chang joining us uh, on Twitter at Gordon G. Chang. We, we talked earlier in the summer at the, at the dawn of the George Floyd uh, inspired riots and protests and things like that that were happening around the country. You and I spoke about the possibility that there was foreign uh, uh, money or influence inside these protests, these riot movements, whatever you want to call it. Um, we know that everybody's worried about potential instability in our country, depending on how the election goes. The implication being that if Trump gets reelected, the, the, the nonsense on the streets and the cities is going to continue. Is that something that's ripe for Chinese exploitation? Will they spread the dollars around? Will they will they uh, uh, run the active uh, social media measures to try to to try to keep us at each other's throats if Trump is reelected or or if perhaps it's a tight fight and Biden ends up prevailing? Yes to all the above. Um, Radio Free Asia issued a report about uh, six weeks ago, which said that an intelligence unit of the People's Liberation Army actually based themselves in the China's Houston consulate. And from there, they used big data and artificial intelligence to identify Americans likely to participate in Black Lives Matter and Antifa protests. And then the Chinese military, using TikTok, sent them videos on how to riot. Also, there are other indications of China's uh, attempts to influence the protests in the U.S. and to actually uh, fuel um, violence. So this is an attempt not only at insurrection and it's not only subversion. This is an act of war against the United States. Trying to overthrow the government of the United States is an act of war, Brett. It's incredible to ponder that in 2020, that we could be this vulnerable to this foreign actor in, in, in Beijing. 
finally, I wanted to kind of close out with this, Gordon, and it's it's this idea that we have social media outlets that are proudly locking down, hammer down on people that are trying to get the word out. We've seen deplatforming. We've seen measures that we know are going to kick in next week with the aftermath of the election. Your level of concern as you look at the continuing aggregated power there in Silicon Valley, and let's be honest, there there are a lot of uh, um, uh, there are a lot of cinephiles uh, present there in, in in Silicon Valley that are desirous of doing big deals with the PRC. Um, what about balancing that? We know they're on Capitol Hill today; they're going to be testifying. Uh, I don't expect they're going to get much out of it. But what about that present threat from social media, Gordon? This is disloyal. We have Americans who are supporting China because of their personal internal political um, preferences. Um, And this is actually close to treasonous. But we cannot allow Americans to support an enemy of the United States just because they don't like the president. Yeah, you can. It's certainly legal not to like the president, but one shouldn't be supporting America's enemy in doing so. And that's why this is such a critical issue. Uh, every American needs to pay attention to this. Fantastic analysis, uh, Gordon. On our way out the door, I would just ask uh, one final question, and it's this. Uh, what is what is one thing you've got your eye on in the coming weeks uh, or, or months that Americans here in our nation and listeners around the world um, uh, ought to be paying attention to as it relates to China policy, either towards the United States or, or, or towards the West generally? There's so many issues because China is attacking us on on many different fronts at the same time. I would be looking at um, at Xi Jinping, the Chinese ruler's threats against Taiwan. Um, I think that he believes that he has an opportunity to extend Beijing's influence, and he very well may use force. He may think that at this particular time, the United States will not respond to Chinese aggression. So it could be Taiwan, it could be elsewhere. But nonetheless, we have to watch China's use of force. You're listening to Devious Motives. You're listening to Devious Motives. Oh, you know, one of my favorite people to talk to during this campaign cycle is somebody who's got some very, very deep roots right here in North Carolina. And Laura Trump joins us. Laura, thanks so much for coming by on the program. You got it. Thanks for having me back. So, so look, uh, we're, we're getting within eye shot of the uh, uh, of the election, the end of the election here. You, you all are, are everywhere. You, you are uh, you are campaigning. You are spreading the word. What's the feeling uh, here in North Carolina as you see it, given the fact that, you know, you are you are a child of Carolina? Yeah, I am. My home state. Uh, most of my family still lives here. And I was very proud in 2016 of the big win we had here in North Carolina for the president. Um, I worked every day to make that happen in 2016, and and obviously we've been doing it now in 2020. I'll tell you, it feels very reminiscent of 2016 right now because I talk to my husband every night. This was the exact same thing that happened on the campaign trail four years ago. We would talk at night, and we'd say, gosh, the crowds that have come out to see even us are so big. They're so enthusiastic. I don't understand how he's not going to win, but all the polls, showed that there was no hope. All the polls said, nope, Hillary Clinton was going to win in 2016. Similarly, the polls showed Joe Biden up on the president right now in 2020. But I'll tell you, you cannot dispute the enthusiasm for this president. Whether you look at the rallies he's had himself here in North Carolina, where you have tens of thousands of people coming out to see him, or the events that I've had, that my husband has had, 
Um, our entire family has been here. My sister-in-law, brother-in-law here in North Carolina. I mean, the people are so excited and enthusiastic in this state to get out and vote for President Trump. And I encourage everybody, get out and vote early, cast your vote now, uh, and then get more people to the voting locations to vote for the president. As you talk to the folks out there, uh, the, the people who are getting up and going to work every single day that, that don't have the luxury of staying in the uh, staying in the bunker, staying in the basement, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, what are you hearing <laughs> from folks? What, what, what are their top concerns uh, about what might change if, if President Trump is, is not reelected? What, 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 is, what is their big fear that's out there right now? Well, you do bring up a good point. We have uh, two very different presidential candidates right now. We have Donald Trump who is out working every single day to earn every vote. He wants to be out there among the American people, hear from them, talk to them, interact with them, and work, again, for their vote. That's why we're all spread out across the country as a family. And then on the other side of the coin, you have Joe Biden, who does not think he needs to to get out and campaign, apparently, to earn people's votes. I guess he thinks that people are just going to come out and vote for him regardless. Um, I, I don't know what kind of campaign strategy that is. But, look, I think the top-line issues for people really are, first and foremost, people want to get back to normal. We want to, you know, come out of of this pandemic, this global pandemic, the likes of which we haven't seen in in modern history in the world, um, and and know that we have someone who's going to get us back to the great economic heights that we saw not too long ago. We know President Trump rebuilt this economy once. He's going to do it again. He's already talked about the fact that he thinks we need more tax cuts and more deregulation so that small businesses are able to flourish, hire more people, um, and get people back to work. I think people want to know that they can get their kids back to school safely and, quite frankly, get back to their normal lives. It's been a very long and difficult 2020 for a lot of people. Um, And then I think on top of that is really safety and security. You know, it's been really uh, upsetting, I think, for most people to see the way that in so many cities across America, um, we have had these violent riots and uh, looting and destroying our our beautiful American cities. And sadly, these are all Democrat-run cities. I think people want to know that they have safety and security for their families, their kids can play in the front yard, that they can ride their bikes to school. Um, And President Trump has been standing firm alongside law enforcement, has always reached out and offered uh, federal resources to governors and mayors all across America. He wants to keep us safe don't have safety and security, nothing else ultimately matters. One of the things that's striking to me is this cleanup job that Vice President Biden continues to have to do at, at nearly every appearance on, on fracking. I mean, he's he's been, I think, on every single side of the issue. And uh, I think, unfortunately, when it relates to Pennsylvania uh, and, and by extension, even into North Carolina, obviously, um, people just don't know what to believe that, that he stakes out as a policy position because he seems more than happy to wipe out good paying jobs for hardworking Americans that are, are dependent on those to take care of their families. Yeah, he's flip-flopped on quite a few issues, but I think maybe the most outrageous thing recently was to hear him tell us at the debate that he wants to phase out the the oil industry in America. Uh, He very clearly has said, and he's said numerous times, uh, that he wants to ban fracking. And in fact, he told the president at the debate, he said, well, put it on your website. Well, we did one better, Joe. We actually play at every Trump rally now on our big jumbotron many times that he has talked about banning fracking, and that's what he wants to do. We know that AOC is his climate change advisor. She has been pushing forward the Green New Deal. He and Kamala Harris both agree with that and think that that's a positive thing for America. 
I, but I think people are smart. Look, we are finally energy independent as a country. We are a net energy exporter now in America. That is huge. We are no longer reliant on uh, the Middle East, on Russia for anything, and not just for energy, but think about where that puts us in a world standing and, and the power that that gives us as America back. It is. It cannot be overstated. So um, it's very concerning to think about what that would do to the United States of America if Joe Biden became president and followed through on his promise to ban fracking and then phase out the oil industry. It's really unbelievable. You know, the uh, the, the jumbotrons you're talking about are absolutely incredible. It's, it's, it's a great addition to these rallies. It seems to get people really amped up, and it's yet another innovation. And, and that's something that doesn't get talked about a lot. I mean, I know we talk policy. We talk about campaigning uh, out there on the trail. But... But the president of the United States has innovated in campaigning in a way that I think has been unmatched historically. Uh, the ability to show the people the words of these politicians and these, the, these individuals, uh, plain and simple as he's rebutting them, is really a powerful, powerful uh, upsell. It is. And, you know, I have to give my father-in-law a lot of credit for, I mean, he changed the game. You know, people will never see presidential elections the same way after Donald Trump. You can't operate in the same way after this president because he uses all resources and he should. You know, when COVID shut down everything in America, our campaign went completely virtual and we had what we call Team Trump online. I mean, and these were, we'd get a million views at least every single day on the shows that we hosted from the Trump campaign. Nobody's ever done things like that. The way this president operates has really changed the game and you got to give him a lot of credit for that it's really amazing to see it, it, it really is uh, f- final question we, we've talked about a lot of different phases here uh of, of of the campaign that's that's very positive but certainly these these uh these developments with uh with, with tony uh tony bubalewski and all, all the the stuff that's come out here as it relates to back deals with china and and hunter and vice president Biden, very disturbing and it certainly does shake uh, a lot of confidence in, in the voters when they look at who may be the next president uh, having these sorts of, of, of deals with China. It's just, it's just alarming. Your thoughts on that, uh, Laura? Yeah, there are, I think there are two major issues here. Number one is that we've very clearly seen that Joe Biden, while vice president of the United States, uh, knew that his son was you know inking these business deals across the world with foreign entities using the vice president's name Um, And and Joe Biden knew about it and he was accepting of it because it profited him as well. His family got tens of millions of dollars from across the world. And it it does make you question, is this even an individual who should be running for president of the United States? But I think one of the things that came out of this whole situation is that we have very clearly seen that the social media outlets and the mainstream media are willing to do anything to help get Joe Biden elected. And I hope Americans are paying attention because this election is much bigger than what they've told you. This election is about freedom and that we're fighting for right now, unlike I think any time since really the Revolutionary War. What is at stake right now and the future of America uh, really is in the balance. And and it cannot, you you can't say it enough. When you see that they're suppressing a story like this, they're taking it down off of social media, the mainstream media refuses to cover it by and large, everyone should be shocked. You should go out and vote for Donald Trump. It is about the future and the freedoms in America, period. 
Well said. Laura Trump, great to catch up with you. I know this is the uh, final big push uh, in, this, uh, in, this, in this battle for votes. Appreciate you coming by today. Uh, good luck out there, and we look forward to talking again soon. You got it. Thanks a lot, Brett. Devious Motives with Brett Winterbull. Monday, it's a new episode of All Rise, the legal drama where one judge is shaking up the system. When I take the bench, I'm taking a vow to fight for justice. One case at a time. Your Honor. We're going to trial. Simone Misik is Judge Lola Carmichael. Up on that bench. Everything is different. A new episode of All Rise. Freedom is at stake. It's important. Followed by a new episode of Bull, Monday at 9, 8 central on CBS. Hackers are after your business data. I can help. I am Vi, the virtual intelligence assistant at Virtual Armor. Virtual Armor, partnered with Juniper Networks, provides cybersecurity services and end-to-end solutions to keep what's yours, yours. Defend yourself with managed firewall and managed SIM essential core services that are economical and efficient. Virtual Armor goes beyond just initial alerting to provide a thorough report on threats, vulnerabilities, and results. Let me help protect you. Contact me at justaskvi. That's vi.com.